Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hi, it's me, Dr. <laughs> Fuck, from and I have this guy here that's already laughing, and I only said hi. And uh, that, yeah, there you go. That's Back me. Up here. That's me. Yeah, Hello. It's kind of old. Oh, Nobody it's not. Knows it's never get old. Here. It never gets old. Right. Yeah, I know, uh, but every time I shoot up, you can't hear it. All right. Anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm Doctor Fuck, and he's he's the Ayatollah of Alcohol. Hello. Up with. Hello. Yes. You did everything, Bob Daisley. I am. I invented inventions. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, that there and the other thing. And I think uh, as far as my week's gone, uh, it's been a good week other than my stupid computer acting up. And uh, what's up with you, Ian? You got anything interesting to say before we dwell into the news? Well, I mean, shit. I mean, a good week? I think you've had a fucking amazing week because the combat EP was released and the fans are eating this shit up. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Man, I've had one guy as far to say that it is the greatest EP ever. And I'm like, well, geez, thanks. And uh, I I happen to agree. I, like I said, I, I think I said this in the last episode. It is the greatest thing ever. Forget EP. It's just, it's just so amazing that I know it will change the world. Oh, it will. And uh, I'm it, very happy. I'm, huh? What's that? I was saying it broke the internet. It broke your fucking computer. Yeah, that's why my computer won't start. Exactly. You know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, everything's cool. And uh, I'm very happy with the combat thing. Yeah, I, and thank you, everybody, that's bought it. You know, and I feel a little bad because I did thank a lot of people on there. You know, I thanked, I thanked you, Thomas yes. Black, and uh, Mike Fears, and, you know, a bunch of people. Bill Wang, Gina Elizabeth. And you put up a picture, and then some people were like, "Hey, where am I?" It's like, you know, well, that was that's just, what I hate about. That was just Dre Rock, and and well, I, know, you know, I, I I know you love Dre Rock. He's a good dude. I love Dre Rock. That guy rules. But you see, the here's the thing. That's why I, every band will tell you the same thing. They all hate doing thank you lists because there's always going to be somebody you forget, and uh, like Dre Rock, and also. Uh, I forgot somebody very, very important to me that was, you know, I don't even want to repeat who it is, but they they brought it to my attention, and I was like, motherfucker, I can't believe I forgot this person, you know? And the funny thing is, when it came in the mail, I was so excited. I couldn't wait to open it up, and just jokingly thinking it in my sarcastic head, I was like, I can't wait to open up the, the thank yous, and I was going to bitch at you because I'm not in there. And then, holy shit... I was I was the third one on there, dude, and I was so yeah, yeah, taken I, I back. Was, I was extremely upset about that. I <laughs> want you to be the last one. You know what the fuck is he doing so up there, dude? Dude, seriously, that meant the world. I was so humbled. Did not expect that. You did not tell me about that. It was a total fucking shocker. And uh, man, I'm so glad I bought it. I'm so proud of you, and not just you, but your band. Because that shit was on fire, dude. You got a hell of a fucking band. 
and that bass player and the guitar players. Everybody in my band is just fucking phenomenal, and I'm very proud, you know? Oh, it's a great... very proud. I'll tell you what, you know what I was proud of? Is that last scream in This Is My Hell. Holy oh, fucking shit, thing. brother. And then this yeah. is something that, you know... And, and, and no offense here, you know, I hope you don't take this wrong way, but for a fucking 50-year-old to fucking yeah. do that, dude, is a, is amazing. I'm sitting there listening, I'm like, holy fucking shit, how long is this going to go, you know? And I'm like, I was I was so happy, dude. I loved every song, and uh, I urge all our listeners to buy it. It's awesome, and I'm very happy. I would like to, I would like to also add that scream, if you listen closely, it's two, two, it's doubled. I did it twice. Right. So, it, yeah, it's too... Yeah, Stephen Piercy and Vince Neil use the same technique. Had... Huh? I said Stephen Piercy and Vince Neil use the same technique. Double track it, <laughs> so it sounds good. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I didn't intend to double track it. That was uh, our producer, the phenomenal Alex Marquez. He produced the album along with Combat, and he told me, do that scream again. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know if this is number five or it's number six. But Jakey Lee's Red Dragon Cartel has another new singer. You gotta be shitting. No, You're you, kidding, no you did not see this, Ralph? Okay. Oh. They have a new singer named Sean Crosby. And this is another Canadian. I think it's the second Canadian singer they've had in the band, eh? And uh, uh, he sings with, uh, I, I think from the story, uh, a fairly um, uh, popular band there. Uh, nothing I ever heard of. But uh, yeah, Jakey Lee's Red Drag Cartel has another new singer. And it's either five <laughs> or six. And uh, man, it's it, it's so sad, you know. And I've talked about this the other times we did an update on the singer. Because I love him so much as a fucking musician. Uh, there you go. There you go. That'd be awesome because, you know, then we could get him on the podcast, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll get him on the podcast that week I'm in the band before he kicks me out. <laughs> exactly. But uh, let's go to some good news now. And that's uh, that's Tom Hamilton. Of course, the Whoa, cla- what happened to him? Did he beat cancer or something? He, he has beat cancer for a second time. He's got a clean bill of health Fuck right now. man. And it's amazing. Uh, unfortunately, Tom got cancer, I believe, around 2003. got throat cancer. And, you know, it affects the way he talks. Tom does not sound the same. And, uh, you know, but he beat it. And then in 2011, it came back again. But it appears for right now, he's beat it for a second time. And, uh, you know, a lot of people love to slam uh, Aerosmith. I'm not a fan of you know, shit they put out in a long time. But I am a fan of Tom Hamilton. And he's an unsung hero in the band, has always been there. Along with uh, Steven Tyler and Joey Kramer, the only member who's been on every album and has never left. And regardless of what I think of their, their output now, from all accounts, they can still do it live. And, uh, man, I wish nothing but the best for Tom Hamilton. A classy guy, a hell of a bass player, and uh, for a period, they were a hell of a band, and they are legends. Yeah, let me tell you something, man. To me, the, he's an amazing bass player, not to t- take anything away from him, but for me, the unsung hero in fucking Aerosmith is, is, is Whitford, bro. Oh, yeah, well... That like, guy can play. Oh, yeah, Whitford, Whitford's 
my favorite by far. But that guy I, destroys Joe Perry so badly. Oh, yes. Technically on guitar. Yes. He's got more emotion, more feeling. He's a much better player. But since, you know, he looks like Larry Fine from the Three Stooges, he doesn't right. get the, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like the Stones. I mean, if you want to get technical, the best thing ever happened to them was Mick Taylor. All right. Another, uh, this was a pretty interesting article that I read. was about Steve Zetro Souza from uh, Exodus. And talking about how happy he was to be back in the band. And saying that he's in a much better place than he was when he rejoined him the the first time when he came back for uh, Temple of the Damned, which I thought was a fine record. What do you think of that one, Ralph? I think it's it's the best album uh, he's ever done with Exodus, to tell you the truth. Great album. But he talks about... uh, when he rejoined, he said there was a lot of hostility because initially, when they did that record, it was supposed to be with Paul Bailoff. Yeah, I know. You know, but Bailoff died, and in the Zero Hour, they brought Zetro back. And I think, uh, you know, you kind of get the vibe from the article. Like, he was a little bit bitter about that. And then you add to the fact that he, he had some newborn children at the time, very small children, and uh, it was hard for him to pick up and go on tour and just... He admits that he was in a bad headspace and uh, was probably a bitch to be around. Well, you know, a lot of people complain, especially Gary Holt and the rest of the band, how he quit the band on the eve of, a, I believe it was a South American tour. But it was a tour that was already booked and he just said, fuck it, I quit. You know, and you got a lot of people that were pissed at Zetro at the time for doing that. Uh, but he admits, he goes, man, I'm older. I'm more mature. He goes, it was a bad time. It was a bad situation. He goes, right now, I'm very grateful to be in Exodus and, and seems very happy. And I just thought that it was cool that, you know, guy come out there and admit, like, when he was wrong and stuff. And I thought that was very brave of him. And uh, I, for one, am glad that he's back in Exodus. Um, I have no problem with the Rob Dukes era. I think they made some great music. But I would rather see Zetro in there. I got to be honest. How you feel about that, Ralph? I'd rather see me there. Well, I hear you. I you mean, know, everybody, every, everybody keeps saying I sound like them. I, I don't think I do. I, I, but at the same time, I'm, I'm right there, dude. I, I think if I could compare you to anybody else, it would be, uh, you know, Robert Plant or, or Zetro. You know, <laughs> mix of the both. You know. Well, I mean, I, I, like I said, everybody says I sound like Zetro, and I don't hear it, man, at all. But at the same time, I. I love Zetro's voice, so I do take it as a compliment. I just don't get it. I don't understand. I know, I know. We, you know, I have kind of like a weird voice, like Zetro. It's not of the norm, but I don't know, man. I, I, I just, and you know, when uh, Rob Dukes was kicked out of uh, Exodus, I don't know if you remember this. He was kicked out, and they announced Zetro was back in the band like an hour later. Yeah. But in between that hour, you know. Everybody was screaming for me to be the new singer. Oh, I know. Oh, they should get Dr. Fuck. I remember this. Dude, it was, it was just like, uh, you know, when that shit happened recently with Skid Row. And everybody thought Sebastian was coming back. I thought the same right. thing. I'm like, when they kicked Rob Dukes out, I'm like, well, I know where you're going here. Because you can get fucking Ralph Vieira a lot cheaper than you can Zetro. You know? Yeah, and I would have done it, you know, because I'm, and, I'm, a, I'm an Exodus fan, you know. I'm and, and you would have done the that. fuck out of it. I, I think you should get up on stage with them when they come. I think you should do a Zetro off. 
But uh, <laughs> now let's go to another crazy thing. Oh my god! I hope you fucking heard this. Did you did you see Chris Holmes' new video? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Born, work, die. It's like, dude, and, and well, you've seen his other ones too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah, have. He, he pretty much is keeping the tradition of uh, some <laughs> bizarre fucking music, man. And, and I tell you what, I love the fucking videos. This motherfucker looks like Hacksaw Jim Duggan now, yeah, and, and and he sings like him too. Uh, but as much as I want to hate it, at the same time, it's so much fun. And you can see he's having fun. But fuck, dude, get a fucking singer. Because you're a good guitar player, and this shit's terrible. I love it, but it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like terribly great. It's like a B-movie you can't turn away from. Uh, oh my god, it was so horrible, but I watched it three times. <laughs> you know? Uh, man, I'm a huge Wasp fan, you know, of, of course, of the, the Chris Holmes era in particular. But, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say, man. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We saved the best two stories for last. And holy shit, are these huge. Uh, Richie Blackmore has come out and said he's ready to play rock and roll how awesome is that? Yes, it is awesome. How awesome is that? And, uh, you know, don't get your, you know, don't get too excited because he's, you know, talking about doing, you know, three or four shows, probably all in Europe. But he wants to play Deep Purple and Rainbow songs. And the, the, the real fucking uh, kick in the ass is the one who's been talking about this for a few years now has been Joe Lynn Turner. And Blackmore came out and said, yeah, I don't think Joe Lynn Turner's going to be involved, but he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I'm like, wow, typical Blackmore, what a fucking prick. Yeah, but you know what? If you want to really, I, I have a feeling why he doesn't want Joe Lynn Turner. Because uh, if you do recall, like six months ago or so, Joe Lynn Turner actually came out and said, me and Blackmore are getting back together. And then, like a week later, Joe Lynn Turner said, well, we might be getting back together because I guess I think Richie got pissed at him. Say, dude, why are you making this, you know, news? You oh, know I, I mean? oh, I I agree a thousand percent. I agree a thousand percent. So I think he fought, and you know what, man, Jolin Turner is one weird dude. He's a strange character, that guy. He is, and I'm not, you know, I like his voice, but you know, to me, that's when uh, Rainbow kind of turned into Foreigner. And, and they have some good songs, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, like, Stone Cold is a Stone Cold fucking classic. You know, and I, I like some of that shit, but, you know, of course, to me, Rainbow is fucking Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, yeah, that's the essential. But, man, I like all Rainbow. I like and, Doogie. Yeah, I like Grand Bonnet. I, uh, I, I got to listen to the Doogie one again. I, per, I prefer to pretend that Grand Bonnet shit never happened, but that's just me. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've heard your opinion on Grand Bonnet. Which, which, which we, should, we should review that fan. album sometime. Yeah, I'm down, man. I like Down to Earth. I, think, yeah. I, I don't think Rainbow's ever made a bad album. Yeah, I, I know. I, I think that's funny. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. I did go back and listen to all three of the Joe Lynn Turner studio albums this uh, past week. And 
I think they kind of progressively got better. I would have to say. I listened to them in order. Oh, yeah. See, I disagree. I think the best Joel and Turner Turner album was the first one. Oh. Oh, see, I think that was the worst. That is the... I think that one's the worst. I think... I'm kind of torn between uh, the best one being uh, Straight Between the Eyes and uh, Ben Out of Shape. I don't know. Ben Out of Shape would be my least favorite, and I love that album. Really? I mean, I, I think there's some really good songs on that. Uh, Stranded is great. Stranded is such a good song. Uh, but, man, I don't know. Straight Between the Eyes, I kind of got that one. I was like, okay, this ain't so bad, but there's still some stinkers on there. But there's some great shit, too. I mean, fucking, just, like I said, Stone Cold, Miss Mistreated. Uh, there, there's some good shit there. But Death Alley, Driver, Eyes of Fire. Yeah, but uh, that whole album there's good. another one on there I really liked. I can't remember the name. Bring on the Night, uh, Power. Oh, I hate Power. Oh, I hate that song. I like all those songs, dude. But uh, it, but it I, I, cycle I, that riff on Power, I, though. I, I tell you what, the Joe Lynn Turner era totally, uh, for for all it's worth, is is way better than the Grand Bonnet. But that's just me. But hey, we'll save that for well, that episode. I, I enjoyed it more than than you know. I enjoyed uh, Difficult to Cure, and you know, I don't know. Between maybe, the maybe I gotta go it. back and listen to it again. But man, that Grand Bonnet shit. What was the the songs he did that were singles that since you've been gone I think is fucking horrible. Since you've been gone all night long. Oh yeah, yeah, all night long and since you've been gone are fucking horrible. And I think both of them were written by Glenn Ballard, who also wrote New York Groove, and I hate that song. I think I just hate Glenn Ballard. I think it's his right. songs that. So maybe I need to check out. Uh, I need to revisit Down to Earth and listen to the non-singles. Maybe I'll enjoy it better. But it, uh, all of it sounded like fucking Island in the Sun by Alcatraz, which I think is another shitty song. But uh, anyway, yeah, let's talk about the like let's talk about the number one fucking story, the incredible fucking story that was the opening of the Van Halen fucking tour. Oh, oh yeah! Oh my God! The set list. Have you seen the videos from that first show? Shit, I saw it. I saw it like an hour after it happened. Dude, Dave so- I, Dave sounded better on these YouTube clips than he did on the fucking live album. And I like the live album. But Dave sounded phenomenal. I thought. What about you? Yeah, it sounded, sounded great. The funny thing is, uh, you know, I mean, we complain about it, but uh, it's still, you gotta admit, it's a cool thing. You know, when you go to shows and you see people texting and shit like that and writing shit on Facebook, well, we had one of those guys at the Van Halen show doing it on a Van Halen group I have on on Facebook. He's like, oh, Van Halen's going to start right now. And then fucking the guy right back five minutes. Oh, my God, they're playing Light Up the Sky. Oh. I was like, what? Oh, did you listen to it? It... Dude, Light Up the Sky sounded awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, and and every time they'd play a song, he would type it in. So I was like, it was like I was at the show, he, seeing the set list one by one. And yeah, when I saw Drop Dead Legs and Dirty Movies and you know, Simple Rhyme is the one that really blew me away. Not, not, I was like, holy shit, they're doing that. They haven't done In a Simple Rhyme since 1976 when it was in the clubs. And, and they on did... the Women and Children First Tour, they did not play that song. And they did the ending with growth at the end. You know yeah, that? growth. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, how about this? This is what really sickens me about you fucking Sammy Hagar bitches. 
This one guy wrote on a, uh, a Van Halen fan page, said he cannot believe they played Light Up the Sky. He said, that is the worst Van Halen song I've ever heard. Wow. I, I mean, I mean, seriously, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god, that that I mean that's and that sums up Van Hagar fans. That that show that tells me everything I need to know about you candy asses. That you think Light Up the Sky is the worst Van Halen song ever. Holy fuck. Oh my god, did that sound good? How about dirty movies? Yep. Holy shit, drop yep. dead legs. And how about feel your love tonight? Ba ba da shooby doo wah. Not been played since the Fair Warning tour. Ba ba Oh my fucking god! That's the, that's, the, that's the wrong song, Ian. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. That's not the one. Oh. <laughs> I've been drinking. Anyway, I love that song too. <laughs> oh, feel your love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. Anyway, it's all Van Halen. It's all good. <laughs> hey, it's the same album, so. There you go. But, uh, holy shit, dude. What a fucking set list. What a set list. The one admission that I didn't even catch at first, though, that I think is like, wow, no Mean Street. Which is weird. Well, they didn't play Mean Street in the last tour. They substituted it with uh, Hear About It Later. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and, and I wish "Here by It Later" was in the was in the set list. Yeah, I saw me. I they didn't do Mean Streets the first time I saw them with Roth, and then "Here by It." Oh, they did. Well, right, they right. did the first time I saw them. Right, right. Well, well, I, I've well, only, here's the thing. Here's I've the only thing. seen mean reunion Street, tour shit. Mean Street wasn't played on the Diver Down or '84 tour. Now I did see footage of them playing uh, South America on the Diver Down tour where they did play Mean Street. But I'm pretty sure in the U.S. tour they were not doing it. Okay. So, um, uh, so Mean Street, you know, when they brought it back, they brought it back really with Sharon. You know? Yeah. But, you know, it was it, it really did bother me. You know, when I went to go see Diver Down because you know Mean Street is it's like one of the greatest Van Halen songs that would get a crowd going. You know what I mean? And it's weird how they would take that song off and leave. Well, I know they got to play Jump, but, you know, I mean, right. still. And, you know, and you really got me. It's like, I know it's your first hit and everything, but come on, man. I mean, mean how played out is that song? Mean Streets, that's the one where it's like, ba-ba-da, shoo-ba-doo-wa. Yeah, yeah. Ba-ba-da, shoo-ba-doo-ba-doo-ba-doo-wa. <laughs> oh, I'm so fucked up. Anyway, uh, but, man, yeah, that fucking the Drop Dead Legs. Holy fuck, did that sound Never good. played live. Never played live. So uh, good. As, as well as Dirty Movies. Those songs have never yeah, been played live. so good. And they all sounded fucking great. I thought, and a, a true testament how, how good they sound is that shit, somebody recorded that shit on their phone and it sounded fucking phenomenal. You know, right. and, and man, I am so sad that, uh, that as the tour is now, I'm not going to see it. I hope they add some dates. I really hope they come back here because I've seen them twice in uh, New Orleans since they've got, you know, Dave back. And uh, and they were sold out shows. I mean, sold out. You could not squeeze another motherfucker in there. And I hope they add some dates. I hope this shit doesn't implode because you never fucking know with Van Halen. 
But uh, holy fuck, did they sound good. I mean, really fucking good. And, and I'm very happy for you and, you know, Stephen Kirsch that get to go see him. W when's your show? What date is that? I believe it's September 15th. It's on a Tuesday. Oh, I got wow. A funny story. It's September. Oh, God damn. You got a long time to go. Man, I hope it makes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope they don't implode before that. But um, funny story. I have, you know, uh, two tickets for the, for the show. And I threw it away. I threw it down my trash chute by accident. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, because there was a lot of papers I threw away. And uh, and and I had two, you know, those I had printouts of the Van Halen tickets right. and I threw it down the trash chute. Now, Monday morning at 6 a.m., the trash man comes and throws the trash away at 3 a.m. on on that Monday morning, three hours before the trash men were to come. I was at work and it for some reason, man, it dawned on me. I was like, hey, wait a second. Those papers I threw away. I think the Van Halen tickets were in there. Oh, fuck. So. I ran home and with a flashlight at three in the morning going through a dumpster. It was disgusting and vile, but that's how much I love Van Halen. Well, I, well really, that's how much I love money because I didn't want to buy it again. And uh, I found it. And then when I opened the thing, it was full of gnats and like those little gnats that fly around. Oh, it was disgusting, man. But I got my tickets back. Hey, I, <laughs> that was a close one. Okay, let, let me ask you this. You, the show's in September you're going to, right? You just yeah. said September? What what day of the week is it on, do you know? It's a Tuesday. Oh, fuck. Who are you taking? Suck. Alex Marquez. Ah, shit. See, I can't fuck him out of a ticket. Okay. I, I was gonna, If it was a chick, I was going to be like, fuck that hoe. Fuck it. I'm, Just I'm, get a fucking ticket, you bum. I know, but man, it's like I said, it's so hard. Like in the middle of the week, especially, I have limited days I can take off. And I have limited funds. I already have a planned trip to San Francisco to go see our beloved Bill Wang and to go see my beloved Oakland Raiders. I don't get a lot of days off. Uh, right. Man, but I. It's killing me that, that I might not get to see this tour. It's really bothering me. And I think the closest one to me is in Texas. Uh, no offense to our Texas fans. Use our Amazon link. Um, you know, but uh, even, even the places in Texas, it's like either a five-hour drive, you know. Well, it's always like a five-hour drive. Plus, it's always like on a weekday, which is so hard for me. But God damn, I see the set list, and I see the video. Of, dude, everybody's on fire. You know, you can take that Michael Anthony shit and shove it up your ass. Wolfie is doing a great job holding down. Would I love to see Michael Anthony? Of course I would. Of course I would. But Wolfie's doing a great job. And none of this shit would happen without Wolfie. Wolfie is the whole reason Dave's back. Wolfie is the whole reason the set list. He picks all that shit. And, uh, oh, man, you are a lucky motherfucker, Ralph. And, uh, yeah. I tell you, I hope they do some kind of, I, I really want like a live DVD or something. I mean, I know in this day and age, you're going to see everything. Every song, somebody's going to have it on their fucking camera, you know, their fucking phone. But man, I would really like a, a, a great visual, you know, a Blu-ray I could put on my fucking 50 inch goddamn TV and watch 
the greatest frontman of all time, and and one of my favorite guitar players of all time, one of my favorite drummers of all time, and uh, and his kid, <laughs> you know, because this is amazing. You're only gonna get so many fucking shows and tours left. And God, if you ask me, this is it. I have a feeling this is it. Yeah, I, I got a feeling it's it too, and it's and that makes it even more sad. Thanks for bringing that up. If they do get back together, it's gonna be without Dave. Uh, I don't. I mean, I mean, Eddie is even saying. I mean, how do you do without Dave? The fans want Dave. You get some internet bitches. We want Sammy. Okay, why have the reunion tours with Dave been the biggest fucking tours they've ever done in their life? Okay, obviously you're wrong. Nobody wants to hear fucking dreams, people. All right, or that fucking tripe. They want to hear the Dave songs. They want to hear True Van Halen. Whether Dave hits every note or not, people want David Lee Roth. People want real Van Halen. I'm sorry Michael Anthony's not there. I wish he was. You know, if I controlled shit, he'd be there, but I can't. But you know what? If my pick was, well, you can have Michael Anthony or you can have David Lee Roth. I'm going to take David Lee Roth, people. Sorry. You know. But, uh, you know, Van Halen's a polarizing subject. And while we're on polarizing subjects, let's talk about a Black Sabbath album where people are like, either like, wow, this is a comeback or this is a further fucking decline. What do you say we get into Headless Cross? Okay, let's get into it. Uh, Black Sabbath, the Headless Cross, released in what, 89, I think? Yes, sir, 89. 1989, Headless Cross. Uh, very hard to get. I don't know. I mean, it was for a while. You know, everything back in the day I would buy when it would come out, especially if it said Black Sabbath on it. But then it became out of print. I remember seeing this thing for hundreds of bucks online. Really? Yeah, like all this, uh, a lot of the Tony Martin stuff. Maybe now that, you know, who knows, like Rock Candy or somebody repressed it. No, 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 no. I, I have all the Tony Martin on uh, CD, actually. I even have Cross Purposes Live with the VHS. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I never bought that one. I, I do, have I that. I do have yes, it. I, I have, have like a, a, you know, a, a dubbed copy of it. But I remember seeing that in stores, and I don't know why I never bought that. That's a good... That's oh, a, you know, I, I, I put it off. I put it off, and then right when I found it went out of print. This was shit years ago. I was like, ah, uh, maybe I better grab that, you know, and I did. You know, you're not missing anything, people. Trust me. Well, but you know, I, I, it's people not want it because it's out of print. It's yeah. not bad. I yeah, saw that. Great I saw either. that tour uh, with Motorhead and Morbid Angel. Nice, nice. I hope they were good. Uh, everybody was good. Even Black Sabbath was good that night. Uh, Who? Black Sabbath. You know, uh, it was Geezer and Tony and. Bobby Rondinelli on drums. I yeah, think. Bobby. I've seen Bobby Rondinelli with uh, Blue Oyster Cult many times. Good drummer. Oh, there you go. I saw it with Rainbow once. Straight Between the Eyes tour. Nice. With Crocus, One Vice at a Time tour opening. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Palm Good. Beach, 1982. And I met Crocus that night. I bought a tour book and I had him sign it. Nice. You met Mark Starachi? Yeah, I met him all. Right on. Uh, I think I mentioned that in our Crocus episode. But either way, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. Neither did anybody else. Nobody liked our Crocus episode. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't get the uh, great reviews. But you know what? 
I don't. I like doing albums that that uh, you know only a few people care about because the ones who do care about it, they appreciate. It. Well, let me ask you this: like, when we have bad numbers, it's still in the hundreds, right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. To me, it's oh. a success. Oh yeah! Yeah, most of our numbers are in the thousands. All a right, bad cool. a bad episode for us is in the hundreds, but it's still in the high hundreds. I mean, it's hundreds though. I mean, dude, that's yeah. awesome. If yeah. that's bad, then give me more bad. Oh yeah, fucking a right. And that's just that's the Podbean numbers. That's the only ones I can keep track of. I can keep track of our overall numbers, and our overall numbers are through the fucking roof. Uh, excuse me. And that's what I found out a couple months ago. I had no idea. I was based on everything just on people who went through Podbean. Then I found out, like, oh, no, people who use, you know, this pod thing or iTunes or whatever. Amazing numbers. But the only way I can track each individual episode is through Podbean. And Crocus wasn't a great one. But uh, you know what? I don't give a fuck because I love that episode. I love that album. Yeah, and we're going to do more episodes that are just weird shit. Yeah, we're going to do more Crocus episodes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's not for everybody, but... But I want to do it for those few hundred people that listen to it. Oh, hell yeah. Hell because that's what it's all about. This is a a genre in and of itself that is limited. And And who knows, maybe this one will... Uh, be in the hundreds as well, but oh I, yeah, there's I a do. lot of people who hate fucking Tony Martin. But, and then uh, there's the people that love him, which is a lot of people love Tony Martin, and they always point at Headless Cross as the best one with Tony Martin. Where I disagree, I well, feel the best we one. Ho- well, it, well, let's save that for later. But uh, I hope I hope you're right. I hope hope everybody tunes into every episode. Well, I know I know this one will do okay because. Uh, there are, you know, don't underestimate the Tony Martin fans. They're out there. A lot of them you know, out there. I'm one I, of them. And, and I know, I know Mike Howard's listening to this, even though he probably hates that. Mike Howard, I think, hates everything that we fucking do. Uh, but uh, he listens to every episode. And, and he says that's what he loves about this show. He goes, you know, oh my God, he hates fucking Iron Maiden. Uh, he hates Queensryche. He listened, he listened to that episode. He listened to all the Iron Maiden episodes. He always makes jokes about it, and I don't think he'll ever be happy till we do a lynch mob review. But uh, oh, that ain't gonna happen. Oh fuck you! Yeah, I'd love to do it. Eventually, it's gonna happen. We're gonna run out of shit. But uh, <laughs> we're never gonna run out of shit. Trust me. But uh, but uh, like he says, he goes, man. He goes, you don't have to love the band or the album to enjoy the rock and metal combat podcast, and that's awesome. That's the right fucking attitude. Yeah, there. And I've seen people like uh, just today, some guy. It was Mike Sears said, I'm not a Queensryche yeah. fan, but I listened anyway, you know? Yeah, oh, well, Mike Sears is, you know, number one fucking fan in the universe. He's always going to listen, and he appreciate, and he loved your he loved your pick of the week, and, uh, and uh, I'm trying to get him to check out my pick of the week. And that's what it's all about. This shit's so fucking entertaining, it don't matter. We can talk about goddamn Cindy Lauper, she's so unusual, and we're going to make metalheads love it because of our jokes. <laughs> True story. Uh, that would be an unusual show, let me tell you. hey Uh, so, let's get into the album, right? I mean, you, right. you usually have a little backstory. You have any backstory on this album? Uh, yeah, this is the first Black Sabbath CD I ever bought. Uh, yeah, I think I was a freshman when this came out. I remember, uh, I remember, uh, I, yeah, I think I was a freshman because I was still riding the fucking bus. Because I got a car as soon as I was fucking 16. But I remember being on the bus 
uh, and reading the booklet, listening to this on, on a CD Walkman, uh, dating myself there. And uh, I loved it at the time because this is like, a, you know, horrible uh, satanic fucking lyrics. And at that age, anything that was like devil, I was like, yeah. You know, I, I don't know, just rebellious, stupid bullshit. But, uh, you know, it's funny, I still have my same copy. This is, you can see this route, this is the original copy. Yeah, that's worth that, a lot of money. I got mine too, I got the same thing. That I bought, and it has a misprint on the back of it. I don't know if yours has this as well. On the back of yours, does it say right wing instead of night wing? I'd have to go check, I don't have. Yeah, yeah, mine says right wing. Not Nightwing. All right, let me go check. Hold on. If All you right. want, keep talking as I go grab mine. All right, I'll keep talking. All right, for our listeners, uh, Ralph is actually in a dress. People don't know this. He wears a dress every time we do a review. And I don't say anything because he's always right there. And if I say something, he's going to freak out. But he's wearing a dress, uh, some eyeliner. Uh, but he's, he's a good-looking woman. Not that bad. Not that bad. Little things you don't know. All right, holy shit. He's coming back. I gotta shut up. He is a pretty woman. Better than Bruce Jenner. All right, what do you got? Uh, yes, mine, uh, mine sure enough has, says right wing. Yeah, but, weird, huh? But on the CD itself, it's spelled right. I don't okay, know if you let, that. Uh, let me check. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's right on the CD, but wrong on the back. Well, I mean, is that because the, the way is that font? Maybe that is an N, no? No, that's an R, dude. That's an R bigger than shit. Yeah. That that's a mistake. I'm that's not an N. For, that's for not an N. That's an R. Okay. Well, uh, you learn so something I, every day. There. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, I'm proud to announce today I finally got. Uh, I'm sorry to get off track, but you know me and my ego. I got uh, today. Um, we, we Thrasher Die has been signed to um, Thrash Corner Records, and they sent me the the CD layout and uh, the original version that's now out of print because I sold four thousand. I'm not making no more, so now we're strictly on on uh, Thrash Corner Records. They spelled Zombie Assault wrong in the back, so now it's spelled correctly. And uh, for now on, but but this new version is going to have two, either two or three bonus tracks, which is Piranha, our Lord Tracy cover, which is a, a, a fan favorite live, and uh, two demos. I forgot the demos, though. I think it was Fatal Fury, No Pose Allowed, Don't Hold Me To It, which are great sounding demos. So uh, expect that out. If you buy Poser Holocaust now, you're going to get that version. And anybody that's got the original version, you got something rare, cause only four thousand were made. Actually, oh, are, huh? Are you are, are you gonna bring me a copy of the original when you when you come here and sign it for me? I don't have any. Didn't I send you one? No, I, I have I have the Merciful Fate record though. I do have that, and I want you to send. I was so disappointed when you sent me that that you didn't autograph it. Okay, well, make, well, a, well get a sharpie. I'll do it over there. Oh, I got one. I got one right here. All right, and uh, also. Um, well, what I do have, and I'll bring you it, is I have a promo, which is even rarer, of the Poser Holocaust. You know, I have promos of that CD. That, that is, it, is, it, is that the one that's about the king of the pit? 
Well, yeah, I can't wait. That'd be awesome. I'd be I'd be honored to have some Thrasher Dice swag that is yeah, very rare. Yeah, I'm going to give you something very rare, which is a, nice. even more rarer than that or, original CD that I printed because there was only, I think there's only 30 of these promos made. Oh, damn. So I'll make sure to throw it in my book bag because I am not taking nothing with me to New Orleans except for my book bag. Only carry on, yo. Nice. That way I don't have to look for luggage and all that shit. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah getting, we're getting yeah. very off track, but isn't that what makes us kick ass? That's right. All right, so let's go into this fucking Yeah, track one is up. Fatal Fury. You know, when I wrote that... Oh, wait, 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 no. <laughs> All right. no, 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 we're not talking about a good album. We're talking about this one. No, hey, take... hey, 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 hey. Don't speak what? for me. Okay, bye. All right. Track one. All right. All right. Are, are we ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's All do right, it. track one is uh, it's just a little sound effect called Gates of Hell. Uh, nothing really, you know. It's eerie, scary, and it made me poop my pants the first time I heard it. What did you think of Gates of Hell? All right, I don't think this song made you poop your pants. I think that was a burrito, yeah, you know. Because uh, this shit isn't scary, and it's definitely not fucking necessary. But it is very indicative of the fucking Jeff Nichols era of fucking Black Sabbath. Uh, pointless. I mean, I mean, really, really fucking. Does this deserve its own title? No. Uh, the the title is much better than the fucking music that's. I mean, Gates of Hell. Like, ooh, this should be good. Boring. I mean, fucking. You know, like some bad Casio shit. When I hear this, all I picture is a Casio machine and, and and a fog machine, you know, and neither one of them working. Terrible, terrible. But then it goes into the title track, Headless Cross. Um, man, I used to love the fuck out of this song. Emphasis on used to. Uh, I used to love this album. But, uh, you know, getting ready to do this review, I listened to it. Jesus Christ, I'd probably say about six times. But, like, like, do I, am I just in a bad mood today? Do I not like it? No, I think it's just like, man, I, I don't know. When this came out, I was fucking 15, and I do not feel the same I do as when I was 15. Like, I still love Doc. Doc still sounds cool. This doesn't sound cool to me anymore. Uh, it is the greatest song on the album. Not saying a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but it does have a great start, man. You, you know, the drums, the guitar, I'm like, yeah. And then fucking Jeff Nichols comes in, and it all goes fucking south. Uh, I think that's what really killed this era of the band, is way, way too much fucking keyboard. Uh, way too much. But it is the best song on there. There's some good riffage by the fucking ultimate guitar player, Tony Iommi. But, uh... Yeah, best song, but uh, it, you know it don't rank up with any of the '70s shit or most of the '80s shit, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think, Ralph? Well, I, I I'm kind of like the opposite of you when it came to this album because back when it first came out, I was very disappointed because I was a huge fan of Eternal Idol and I was expecting more of the same. Plus, I was expecting even better because Cozy Bowl. And just my luck, you know, Black Sabbath's come here during Dehumanizer and Cross Purposes, but they don't come during 
Headless Cross or, or Tire or even Forbidden. I never seen Cozy Powell live. Ever. Oh, me either. Which me kills either. me, you know? Because he's one of my favorite drummers, does the greatest. Really? The, really? Oh, yeah. He does, to me, uh, the intro to my favorite song of all time, Stargazer, which is no intro to sneeze at. He's an amazing drummer. I thought he hit that fucking drums hard. He was great. His shit in Rainbow Light and the Black, stuff like that. I mean, the guy was a machine. Anyway, I like... I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't mean I'm sorry. I, I think he shined in Rainbow, and uh, uh, and I enjoyed his drumming in uh, Michael in, Shanker in, in, in White Snake and, and Michael yeah, Shanker. Michael Shanker and White but uh, I I find his drumming in Sabbath very uh, very pedestrian. I well, mean, I'd yeah, rather, he I, did I, 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 would, I would I would rather hear Vinny Appice. That ain't saying a whole lot, you know. I like I like Cozy more than Vinny, but yeah, I guess the yeah, black. But you you're like, black, his, like oh, I, I'm not saying overall. I'm saying in Sabbath, in Sabbath. I think I think I think Vinny was the same in Sabbath as Cozy, where Vinny shined more during the Dio uh, solo stuff. He was more oh. pedestrian with with Sabbath, if you ask me. Listen to Holy Diver and I Speed at Night. But, oh but, no, but, but I mean he was I, more loose and. And he was a record machine, as Dio would call him. But sadly, he was more. The only know. one I, I think he was pedestrian on, and we talked about this in past episodes, was on uh, the Devil You Know, uh, was horrible. But that's because they made him play, uh, re, re, you know, redo what a drum machine had already done. But I enjoyed his drumming on uh, Mob Rules, Live Evil, and Dehumanizing. I do too, but it's not mind blowing. But, like, well, none, none of them hold a fucking fucking candle to goddamn Bill Ward. Ward. Of course. But uh, but Cozy Powell, you know, in the, in the albums, in the three albums that he did with Sabbath, uh, it, it, it's like, yeah, it sound more like Ricky Rocket than fucking Cozy Powell. Well, there is, there is a, some thunderous drumming on this song, I think. Uh, Headless Cross, like, he does some killer oh, what, rolls. What, 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 what do, you, do you have, a remix? I don't know. No, he... <laughs> Listen to the damn song again. He does some good I, I thunderous drumming. I, I'm not just talking about that beginning beat, you know? He does some I don't cool, think I'll ever listen to this album again. He does uh, like some cool little double bass for a second. and He's awesome, dude. I think he's awesome on this song. I mean, it's definitely not my favorite song on the album. I can name two songs I like more than this one. But I do like the song. And the main thing I love about Headless Cross is the chorus. It's one of the greatest metal choruses ever, if you ask me. The rest of the song is cool too, but I, if if the rest of the song was as cool as the chorus, this would be one epic motherfucking song. But I still love the song, and Tony Martin is badass. You know, you know the other thing that would help this song is Dio. Yeah, but, uh, I think Tony Martin did a great fucking job on it. He's all fun. right. Well, since you're so full of opinions, why don't you go on the next fucking song? Next song is called Devil and Daughter. Originally called Devil's Daughter. But, True story. But they changed it because uh, Ozzy just released an album uh, with a song called Devil's Daughter, which oddly enough, the bass player on that album was Bob Daisley, where the bass player on the previous album of Black Sabbath was Bob Daisley. Did you know That's right. that? He gets around. Yeah, Bob Daisley wrote a lot of Eternal Idol, believe it or not. Yeah, and you know, you know what's funny is Eternal Idol's better than this album, and 
uh, No Rest for the Wicked is better than this album. So Bob Daisley is the secret ingredient. I agree. Got Bob Daisley. Hey man, I give Bob Daisley a lot of shit, but you know the guy the guy did play on some great stuff and wrote some great stuff. And he was in E.T. One of the greatest movies. Yeah, of all time. back in 1977. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was before Close Encounters. <laughs> all right. Well, Devil Devil and Daughter, which by the way I own the vinyl single for this, which I guess is rare too because it's on IRS Records, where the B-side is a conversation with Tony and Cozy, which is pretty entertaining if you, you know, it's very insightful stuff. But, all right, Devil and Daughter, as far as the song, the production is 2ARR. I'm like, oh, you know, damn. Yeah, well, you were complaining about keyboards. I kind of do too, but at the same time, I still love the song, and, the, and to me, the highlight of the song is that note that Tony Martin hits always before the chorus. That high note, I fucking love that. That that's he. If it weren't for him, this song would suck. Tony Martin rules, and this song is a good example of how good he is. I love Devil and Daughter. What do you think? Yeah, it's a fucking turd. Uh, I don't. Know, it's so generic, you know. Um, man, it it makes me wish D, you know, Dio was back. Because uh, Tony Martin, while Tony Martin might be the nicest guy on the planet, uh, vocally and stage present wise, he can't compete. You know, and and, and Tony Iommi has said as much. Uh, he does sound like a bad Dio, like a generic Dio. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not a bad thing to say. Hey, I can sound like Dio. But it is like, you know, look at the material he's playing, too. It's like, okay, you kind of sound like Dio, and the music you're playing isn't as good as what they did with Dio. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. Uh, Devil and Daughter, Jesus Christ, listen to Devil's Daughter on No Rest for the Wicked, uh, rather than listen to this. Uh, too much keyboard. Uh, man, th- this album has aged horribly. In my opinion, but uh, but apparently you think you think different. I will uh, I will agree with you, uh, stage present wise. It wasn't uh, he wasn't like you know as good as Dio or Ozzy, but or or Ian Gillen. But I mean that's the if you're gonna be in Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, man, the metal band, you have to fucking bring it. You have to fucking bring it. Well, and, I thought uh, he did vocally. He, he's, I think he's a great singer. Yeah, yeah, but but here's the problem, though. Okay, Ozzy, an original, an incredible, I love Ozzy. As much as I bash Ozzy, I fucking love Ozzy. The original. Okay, then you got Dio, which he is a fucking god. He is fucking Ronnie James Dio. He had amazing stage presence, too. Fucking Ian Gillen. Amazing. One of the four founders of fucking metal, amazing. Oh, Can command- and I just and I gotta let's get off the topic again, shall we? Because we are okay, the rock and metal combat, and we can do whatever the right. fuck we want. Two nights I'm ago, drunk. I'm not. I'm not gonna remember anything anyway. Two nights ago, I saw the great, amazing for the first time ever, and it was well worth the wait. Oh, Glenn 30, Hughes. Yeah, I was waiting over 30 years to see this guy live. And oh my God, dude. Was it good? 
Oh, good is an understatement. The motherfucker just blew me away. How good. And he's got great stage presence. He just fucking, dude, he hits those high notes like, like, you know what it is, dude? Because, you know, you have your Ian Gillen who can't do it anymore. And, you know, Rob Hoffer, I got to admit, the last time he came by. Ian Gillen can't do it anymore? He can't hit those high notes anymore, no. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I've seen, never, ever. No, I've never seen Ian Gillen. So. Ian Gillen, uh, let me tell you something. Ian Gillen's been hurting for a while, and I got to admit, the last time I saw him, it was better. What the hell is turn, this? Turn off your phone. What the hell? I'm getting like some kind of phone call that. Through Skype? Uh, yeah, no, through through AOL. I mean Facebook oh. Messenger. Oh, is it is it Corazado Negro? I don't know. He's trying, I he's trying to call know. me while we record too. All right, so <laughs> my point anyway. my point is is uh, what was my point? <laughs> oh yeah. You're, you're, you were you were dogging Ian Gillen. Uh, the last time I saw Ian Gillen, it was an improvement, but still, you know, I mean, the guy can't hit high notes. Glenn Hughes, on the other hand, they they play. He did Highway Star, hitting those yeah. notes. He did uh, Smoke on the Water, dude. They did A Thrill Is Gone, and that was oh, the, that was the day. That was oh, the day BB yeah. King died, and it was. Him and uh, Billy Gibbons, and I, I filmed oh, it. Man. I filmed it. It'll be up on YouTube soon. Check it uh, out. <clears throat> that happened right after we recorded the news for last week. BB King passed away. Yeah, yeah, uh, but um, so yeah, yeah. But so, but did, did Glenn Hughes over sing? Because that's a, no, something no. I, I love him, but sometimes he like overdoes. No, you'll see he's, it. He's, He's almost like a black girl in church trying to show no, off. No, no, you'll see. And they did Burn, which was nice. fucking amazing. Uh, you'll see it because I filmed, like, I've, I've, you know, my camera, my picture camera can take video. So, you know, I ended up uh, filming just select tracks. Uh, Robin Zander was there, and everybody knows. <clears throat> well, not everybody, but a lot of people know how much I worship that guy. That guy's like my favorite singer. Uh, he came out, did some cheap trick songs. He did Mr. Brownstone. He did um, uh, Paradise City with Glenn Hughes. They did it together like a, a duet. And a um, bunch of other stuff. It was an amazing night. Billy Gibbons, Duff McKagan, um, Gilby Clark, Steve Stevens on guitar. Um... And uh, it was just fucking a mind-blowing show. And uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, the one thing that kind of disappointed me, though, was like when they did, when Robin Zander did uh, Mr. Brownstone, he did it perfect until the end, you know, the end where he goes, stuck it in the middle and it's stuck it in the middle, that part. He me out of my He didn't sing it at all. (laughs) And it was like, and even when it was done, he's like, I tried. I felt so bad for him, you know? But seeing him do, like, Mr. Brownstone was, wow, you know, was, he did it great, dude. He Robin Zander rules. Oh, Robin Zander's Love amazing. Him. Anyway, so going back to uh, Black Sabbath again. Yeah, what a rock. horrible song that we're talking about anyway. Uh, we're still on Devil's, Devil's Daughter. Devil's Daughter, but I, yeah. I, I think we're done with that one, so I'll go into the next one. All right, I don't even know if I said anything about that, yeah, you but did. I don't you like said, it. You said it was horrible. That you hate yeah, it. okay, horrible. Okay, next song. Next song is when Death Calls, the only album. 
to fe- the only song to feature uh, another guitar player on a Black Sabbath song, Brian May. Uh, this song is weird. I hate the beginning. The beginning is very AOR again. And it has like this happy-go-lucky type vibe to it. And then it goes into this like eerie fucking song, which I love. I love when it gets like, you know, into the eerie part. And uh, I don't know. I, I love when death calls. One of my favorites, Take Away the Beginning. And it probably would have been my favorite. But you know, my favorite song on this album... Uh, it's coming up. What do you think of uh, when death calls? Oh God! Oh, Brian May plays the fucking solo. Whoopity do! Oh God! I fucking uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say I hate Queen, but you want to talk about one of the most overrated fucking bands? No, no, ever. I don't want to talk. I love Queen. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they're they're right there with fucking sticks with me. But I anyway. Love sticks. I know you do. I know you do. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, I'd rather hear Dangerous Toys. But, uh, yeah. What would he do? Ryan Mays here, everybody, with his custom-made guitar. And uh, you know what this song needs is Dio. Uh, this this song could have been something with Ronnie James Dio. Um, it is the second-best song on the album. Uh, it wants to be an epic, but it doesn't quite make it there. Uh, not horrible, like I said, sec- second best song on the album. But uh, man, to, to to call this shit savage. I mean, it's really it's it's a Tony Iommi, you know. And this is all, unfortunately, it's called music business, not music fun. And that's why the shit's called Black Sabbath anyway. But it, it just it it hurts my soul that the Black Sabbath name is put on this because it is so far. Removed from Sabotage, Volume 4, and, uh, you know, albums that I hold sacred. Um, you know, I, I mean, Geezer it, wanted it, to be on this album, by the way. Yeah, yes, he, yes, he, he did, and then something uh, something happened. I'm thinking it had something to do with management. I'm, I'm thinking he probably got... Here's what I think, really. I mean, it's all about fucking money. It was back then, it is now. Yeah, you know, look at the shit going on with Bill Ward. It's all about money. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, he was going to come back to uh, to Sabbath. But, you know, I think Tony spent a lot of money on Cozy, too. So that might have cut into what he was going to pay Geezer. And maybe Ozzy, who was doing way better at this time, could offer Geezer more money. So I think that's what happened. You know, you want to get realistic. I think that's what fucking happened. Uh but anyway, the song then, 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 then. Uh, fuck. Go on to the next one, Ralph. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to take back what I said about when death calls. I actually, I got it confused with Killing the Spirit World. This, Killing the Spirit World is the one that begins with the AOR thing. Not not when death calls. I got them both mixed up. Um, Killing the Spirit World is, you know, basically what I just said about. When death calls, I, I I hate the beginning, but I love the rest. When it got all eerie and stuff, uh, the song is about killing somebody in the afterlife. Uh, I read that from the amazing book Doom Let Loose. If you want to know oh, this, Black Sabbath, I love that book. You I wish, to, yeah, you read that. I, book. I, I I have it, and unfortunately, I boxed a bunch of shit up and put it in the attic, and that got stuck in with my books. That like. 
Fuck, I need to leave that one in the shitter because I have books in the shitter. You're going to love this. If you got to take a shit at my house, there's a lot of metal books and metal magazines you have to choose from cool. to read. Um, but unfortunately, this one got boxed up, and I wish it didn't because Martin Popoff did it. Ama- I think Martin Popoff did yeah, that Yeah, yeah, it was him. Oh, man, man, great writer. He's, he's done some amazing metal books. Did a great... I mean, he's done a hundred books. Amazing, but uh, he has. He, but you know, there's one book he did. What's uh, that? Getting off topic, fifty three for this episode, where he ranks albums and boy, like. Oh, I I love that, and it's out of print. That one is in my bathroom, and it's falling apart. The pages are coming out. Oh my he god! He has some. Yeah, he he hates some really great albums. Yeah, but I I don't know. There's and a lot loves of really shitty albums. There's a lot of shit I agree with and disagree with, but that's that's just human. You know? I know, I know, but it's like... It's Plus, not... he's from Canada, so you can't, you know... Look, he's, the, he's the... from Canada. Yeah, but the stuff that he hated was so shocking that, that it traumatized me that I can't remember what it is. But I remember there was, like, some really great classic albums he gave zeros to, and I was like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, but you know what I, I love? You know what he gave a zero to? Hysteria. Okay, there I agree with. Yeah, and he loves Van Halen, hates Van Hagar. I like that. I think he gave a Van Halen album really bad score, like Fair no. Warning or something. No, 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 no. no. He gave he gave all the Dave shit good. He trashed all the Sammy shit. Actually, I think he gave too high of a rating for fuck. Uh, but other than that, he trashed the fuck out of him. And he and in general, he trashes Sammy Hagar. So that almost makes me forgive him for being Canadian. You know. There you go. Well, I didn't know. There you go. go. Well, what do you think of Kill in the Spirit World? Oh, Kill in the Spirit World. All right, song number five. Well, let's look at the old notes here. Oh, my God. This is an atrocity. This is an atrocity. This is the worst Dio impression ever. Oh, my God. Does he try to sound like fucking Dio on this song? Over and over. It's almost like Dio could sue him for trying to do this shit. Go back and listen, listen to this song, anybody? Or, or even for the first time, killing the spirit world. Listen to this shit, and then picture Ryan James Dio's corpse spinning like a rotisserie chicken, over and over again. It's fucking terrible. And even worse than that, than the lyrics. I mean, I, I mean, then the vocal delivery is the music. It sounds like horrible fucking Europe. Uh, listen to this song. Listen to Killing the Spirit World. Look this shit up on fucking YouTube. And then listen to a little ditty by Europe called Cherokee. Oh my God. Black Sabbath ripped off fucking Europe. That ought to tell you about the state of Black Sabbath in 1989. That they're ripping off fucking Europe. Okay? Europe. Let that shit sink in. Jesus Christ. God damn. Give me a fucking heart attack. Alright, I'll go in the next fucking shit song. That is Call of the Wild. Oh my god, what a smoking turd this is. This is another one that got the title changed. Uh, because fucking uh, Bob Daisley beat him to it. Uh, and, and interesting side note here, while I'm listening to this fucking shit-tastic album for the fucking hundredth time, uh, I was like, you know what, let me go and listen to Ozzy's fucking hero. Because... You know, I played the shit out of my cassette copy of uh, No Rest for the Wicked. It came out when I was a freshman. And, oh, my God. I remember going on a date with this chick. It was 
huge fucking tits. And Mike Zeller was with me, my, my, my good friend. And he, he took this ugly little bitch with him. But anyway, I was trying to get with this chick with big tits and I didn't get with her. But anyway, before the date, we went and saw, what was the Elvira movie? Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Our parents had to drop us off. And I was trying to get my fingers wet. But anyway, I bought Ozzy's No Rest for the Wicked. Played it a lot, and then I kind of put it away. I didn't think it was that great. But, and going back to this album, I went and listened to it. I'm like, let me hear the hero version. I was like, you know what? This song isn't so bad. And I actually delayed the recording of this episode because I stopped listening to fucking Headless Cross and listened to No Rest for the Wicked and discovered, man, I really like No Rest for the Wicked. That's a pretty good album. Great album. I still, I still prefer Jakey e. Lee, but that's a goddamn good album. That's my favorite album, Zach. I oh, oh I I totally agree. I think it's a thousand times better than No Rest for the Wicked. I think it's a thousand the, times better than Ultimate Sin. Yeah, you're well, you're wrong there. But uh, while I think uh, there's no song on there as good as No More Tears as a whole, it's a thousand times more solid than uh, than No More Tears as an album. So anyway, uh, thank you for that diversion, Ralph. And you're absolutely right. No more. Uh, no rest for the wicked. Goddamn good. I love me some crazy babies too. I always uh, love that album. Is Ozzy returning to more straightforward metal and uh, and breaking all the rules is a great one. <laughs> Fire in the sky. I like. I love Fire in the Sky. I love Tattoo Dancer. I love that whole album. Yeah. Whole yeah album. Demon Alcohol. Demon Alcohol is probably my favorite one with Miracle Man. Those are my two favorites on that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Which I saw well, that wow. tour, by the way. Yeah, I did not see that. I I, I didn't see Ozzy, uh, and I've seen, Ozzy is tied with me for the person I've seen the most with Kiss and Pantera. I saw. Uh, I'll give you. A, but uh, I go ahead. I did not see Ozzy until the uh, No More Tears. Was the first time I, saw I saw Ozzy. He didn't come to Florida, Miami, so I went all the way to Tampa to the Sun Dome to see No Rest for the Wicked tour. Opening act Anthrax, and that night Anthrax filmed the nice. anti-social movie. Oh, nice! That was the show. I was at where you see the beginning of the video. I'm running around and outside of the venue. That was a Sunday. Anyway, my, my, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say my best friend Matt Pasenka, whose birthday it is on the day we're recording this, May 17th. Happy birthday, brother! I love you. Um, he was at the concert at Alpine Valley, Wisconsin, where Motley Crue filmed the. Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, what's one of the horrible songs off of fucking Same Dr. old situation. Yes, he was there, and he he said they had to play the song like two or three times because they wanted different takes of the shit. So, anyway, going off track for the 150 second time, but happy birthday, fucking Maddie boy, I love you. Uh, so uh, well, I just want to yeah, say one more thing about that. No rest for the wicked show. You know, being but, that Black Sabbath is my favorite band of all time, that's the first time I got to see two members of Black Sabbath on stage, Geezer and Ozzy. And I remember that night they played Sweet Leaf, and that was the first time I ever seen Ozzy sing oh, Sweet nice. Leaf live. Nice. And Fairies Wear Boots, I believe, that night, and War Pigs. I, I, I nice. might be wrong about Fairies Wear Boots. But I, I remember, dude, vividly, when they were playing <laughs> Sweet Leaf, I actually closed my right eye and just looked at Ozzy and Geezer. Pretending I was watching Black Sabbath. Wow. True, true story. 
Do, uh, do you know? Do you know my the first CD that I bought of the 1990s? No. Uh, just say Ozzy. You know what my first CD is was in the 1990s? What's up? CDs nuts. Yeah, yeah, I got them uh, yeah, again. That's two, two to zero. If you keep guys keeping that score out there, me and Ian are at uh, these nuts. Uh, these nuts. Uh, what do you call them? Um, what, you, what the championship? The these nuts championship. And so far, Got him. I'm two <laughs> to zero. All you right. Uh, did you finish talking about Call of the Wild? Because that is uh, my turn. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm way done with that turn. All right. Going to the next one. As some of you may know, I do reviews on on YouTube. I watched that before we did this. Yeah, and I watch and I um, my very first review channel is called The Eternal Idols. Where I review every single Black Sabbath album. This uh, this album, I got the most shit for because of what I thought of Call of the Wild. I hate this song, and a lot a lot of people gave me shit for that. And in my review, I didn't really say anything how much I hated it till the very end of the episode because I just watched the episode again. But during that song, it's just footage of me sleeping, and it's actual real footage because I used to have a snoring problem, which I have cured by the way. But I used to snore a lot, and I filmed myself. I just left my camera rolling, which, you know, it's, it has an eight-hour battery. And I filmed myself sleeping, so I'm snoring through the, the whole review. Then at the very end, you know, every every Black Sabbath review, I would end it with a, a, a mom joke, like, why your mom's a whore, which I've carried on to this show. Um, and my, my little mom joke at the end of that episode was, uh, your mother's such a whore, she sucks more than uh, Call of the Wild at a Black Sabbath convention. <laughs> I remember that. So, uh, I hate this song. This song's fucking horrible. But a lot of people love it, and a lot of people got very offended by my opinion, you know? And people that get offended by opinion can't help but laugh at them. All right, I'll go into the next one. <clears throat> Yo, I, I'm going to cut you off here. I'm going to cut you off. It was so funny. Uh, Mike... Uh, I think his name's Archer. He lives right by me. He lives in a suburb of New Orleans uh, called uh, Metairie, Metairie, Louisiana, which is where rich white people who are afraid of black people live. Um, <laughs> he sent me a text one day. He, he said, you know Dr. Fuck? And I was like, yeah. He goes, he's opinionated. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's the thing I, about I, I really don't consider, I mean, to me, opinionated is some guy that that talks like, hey, what I think you should think. That, to me, is opinionated. I'm not that way. Come on. Well, no, 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 no. I, I think what he was saying, Mike is, Mike's a great dude. I bought this awesome Kiss watch off him. He sells a lot of Kiss goods. And by the way, uh, I can't, I don't know. He changes the name of the group. It's changed three times in the last week. But he sells a lot of Kiss merchandise, and he's on the level. Yeah, I mean, if you buy something from him, you're going to get it. It's going to be how he describes it. You're going to get a fair price. He's a good dude. Um, but, oh, my God, this this man loves some Kiss, and I think what it is is you might have said something bad yeah, about yeah. Kiss. I'm sure, said, I'm sure he got upset with what I thought about Read My Body because he seems like a guy that would like that. <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a great dude. No, but fuck I think him. It, oh, he's That's nice. my opinion on you, dude. Fuck right. you. But if he says something bad about 
you know, if you say something bad about Kiss, I think he gets The guy it. sells Kiss shit. He does it. He Loser. Does. Oh, come on. Be nice. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Be nice. It's Be just nice. a joke. But, dude, seriously, that opinionated check, check, comment, check, you're, you're so out, off base. If you're going to... Dude, no, no, no. Look, look. Of course, I'm a little offended by that little opinionated comment. I'll tell you this. I do reviews. Anybody that does reviews is going to give you their opinion. I'm not here to say what I think is right to you, Mike, kiss, kiss, uh, seller. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, me and you aren't going to agree. I'm sure you'll probably say, I don't like this and that, and I disagree with you, but I won't say, well, you're opinionated because you don't think like I do. What kind of fucking logic is that? Just because I think something you don't makes me opinionated? No. Matter of fact, you're more opinionated than me because you get offended by me liking stuff that you, that, that, or not liking stuff you like. To me, that makes you more opinionated, more insecure, and a fucking douchebag. But, you know, I'll take Ian's word for it. I'm sure you're cool. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, I'm going to show you a picture of this, this nice watch. I don't know if you can see that. But I hold up the, can you see it better? Is that, is that Tommy Thayer? Oh, fuck you. No, that is, that is the cover. Because I'm like... Is that, that from a comic book? Yeah, that's the second comic book cover. That's the Kiss tattoo that I want to get. Uh, but uh, I was like, you know, I, I saw a thing online. He's like, oh, if you want to Kiss watch any any fucking picture you want. And I was like, well, I was like, well, my favorite of all time is the cover of the second Kiss comic book. I'm like, that's a tattoo that I want on my leg. And uh, he goes... This picture and sent it right back to me, and I bought the watch. It's amazing. It looks great. Uh, so anything that Mike sells, buy it. Uh, don't don't listen to Ralph. He's a good guy. Yeah, you know. I and love Ralph, buying Kiss stuff, but you know, Ralph is his little opinionated comment. He just lost a lot of money because I'm a total Kiss nerd that would buy shit like that. But I'm gonna go look for somebody else. <laughs> oh damn. All right. Well, sidetrack fucking 374. Let's go into... Does he uh, listen to our show? I don't know. Because I when he said... Oh, that he's, oh. Well, well, what if he doesn't listen to our show? What do you think of him then? Well, you know what? It's not for everybody. Nah, thinks- but you said the other day about my friend that doesn't listen to my to our show. Fuck him. That's what you said. And my friend oh, yeah. never called you opinionated. I heard him. Let me tell you something. Fuck this guy. All right. All right. Well, I hope Gene Simmons gets wind of what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's hot. Actually, uh, I'm going to fucking tell Gene myself. What's his name again? Oh, don't worry. I'll just rewind okay. the tape. Okay. Mike Mike Archer? I think yeah, Mike is. Archer. Go go after him, Gene. Sick him, Gene. Oh. Hold on. We're going to look. This is, I, this is a good way to find out. Mike. Hold on. Let me, let me look. Yeah. Mike Michael Archer from Metairie, Louisiana. Uh, this is how we find out if you listen to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. <laughs> I, want, I want some. Uh, I want a rebuttal on this. Doctor Fuck's opinionated because he makes fun of that song "Hold Me, Touch Me," and that's me and my boyfriend's favorite song. Sh- shut up. Hey, you want to make fun of bad fucking kiss songs? Make fun of Torpedo Girl. Uh, Hold me, touch me, dude. Fuck that. I'll take Torpedo Girl, and I'm not a big fan of that one. Over that oh. shit, I guess. Oh. I guess I say that because I'm opinionated. 
Hold me, only touch me, fucking. Dude. That shit came up on my on my phone, dude, and I deleted it. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> and, and, and I love me some fucking. Oh, wow! Family. Wow! But uh, wow, yeah. you're very opinionated, there, Ian. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, speaking of opinions, let's get into another horrible fucking song. That's called Black Moon. Oh my god, it's not bad enough. It was a fucking B side off the last album. Now you got to put it on. You know your next regular album because you're so fucking out of ideas. Oh, th- this sounds like a horrible uh, Deep Purple song, and I love Deep Purple, but this just sounds like bad Deep Purple to me. Uh, apparently, you love it though, you opinionated fuck. So let's yeah, hear. Yeah, you saw my review. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Hear... I'm opinionated because I like <laughs> it. That's not why this guy thinks I'm opinionated. He thinks I'm opinionated because of stuff that he likes that I don't. I yeah. love this song. It's like my favorite song off the album. Yes, it uh, was a bonus track. And I don't know if you know this too, because you haven't mentioned it yet. Dio was also asked to be on this album. They wanted uh, to be- Well, here, here, here's the thing. I am going to cut you off, but I don't know if, if he was officially asked to. I know that's what Tony wanted. But uh, but but uh, Cozy uh, kind of put the kibosh on that. Well, here, here's a lot of things people don't know. Uh... Well, some people might know. Cozy and Dio hated each other. Really bad. They did not get along one bit. And, you know, Tony brought in Cozy because he needed named musicians. Because he was playing with a bunch of, uh, it, you know, not that they're bad musicians, but in the realm of metal, they were nobodies. He got Cozy because Cozy brought recognition, uh, you know, a little bit of rock royalty. Uh, you know, but self-admittedly, he, he needed to name people in the fucking band. And of course, I only wanted a fucking, uh, Dio. I honestly, in my heart, I believe Dio is his favorite person to work with. I think he opens up a thousand times more as a guitar player when he works with Dio. But, uh, Cozy talked him out of it because Cozy liked, uh, the vocals on this B-side. So you go into it more detail. Yeah, that, well, uh, what I understood was it wasn't that Cozy didn't want Dio. It just didn't work out. And then Cozy told uh, Tony, dude, you got to get this Tony Martin guy because he was very impressed by his vocals on the B-side, Black Moon. And uh, they re-recorded it for this album. And I love this song. It's like my tied for my favorite song on the album. Um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I cry for your soul. I think it's an amazing song, uh, and I'm a good opinionated person. And fuck, <laughs> and fuck your kiss merch. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you something. Um, Black Moon is tied for my favorite song on the album with the next track. Uh, oh my God, do I love Night? Really, really. That's like my favorite track. One really? of the greatest vocals. Forget like yeah, it's Tony Martin's greatest vocals I think ever. On this song, and one of the greatest vocals I've ever heard, period, is on this wow. song. I think wow. it's, it's an amazing... And and what's wild about this was, and I read this off Doom Let Loose, totally uh, recommend this, was this song was done in one take, his vocals, and Cozy was like, no, no, you go ahead, go in there and do it again. And Tony, Tony Martin was like, no, 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 I think I'm happy with that take. And Cozy's like, no, no, go do it again. And they argued about this. And Tony Martin got all pissed off. He went in there again, did another take, and it wasn't as good as the first one. 
So they ended up using the first take. So this, this, what you hear here was one take. And it's just, I, I get chills, man, when I hear this song. I love this song, mainly because of the vocals. I love Nightwing. Favorite track off the album along with Black Moon. What do you think? Uh, all right. Uh, my notes for this is uh, D-Side. Yeah, because I can't decide what's worse, this or every fucking thing else. I'm never uh, buying anything from you. You're too opinionated. True. Um, yeah, this, this song does nothing for me. Uh, it really does. I, you know, once again, I like this song. I, I, I'm sorry. I liked this whole album when I was, uh, you know, 15 when it came out. But now, uh, man, it, it really just hasn't aged well. Uh, I used to think for a long time I thought this was the, the finest uh, Tony Martin album. But now after going back, you know, it's many times, because we were supposed to record this the other weekend and something came up and I, it didn't happen. So I listened to it a bunch last weekend and then I listened to it a bunch this weekend. Uh, but I'd have to say, with an older set of ears, I prefer Eternal Idol to Headless Cross. I do too. Uh and I'm still not totally sold on Tony Martin. And I, I don't mean to, like I said, he could be the nicest guy. But to me, he, it sounds too much like uh, like Dio's vocals. And I don't think he has a stage presence. I would like to hear some of his solo shit. I have it and I haven't listened to it. Uh, to see what he does outside of this context. Outside of these horrible fucking Jeff Nichols keyboards. Well, unfortunately, Jeff Nichols is in his band right now. But, uh, you know, maybe under different circumstances, I might enjoy his vocals a lot more. But on this, all I can do is miss Dio. I mean, really. I want to touch on something else uh, my drummer saw. I didn't see this the night that uh, we went to the same show, but we won't. I didn't even know him back then. But he was front row. I was near front row for that. And he said when uh, Black Sabbath played The Wizard, Tony Martin threw out the harmonica to the audience and it fell on the floor and nobody picked it up. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Hey, man, I would have picked it up. I love Tony Martin. Yeah, I hope I you're listening, Tony, to our show. So that way, Ian, you know, well, Tony, I know you, you, you think Ian's very opinionated and a douchebag. Uh, so don't worry. We'll do that show without him. Uh, you know, uh, trust me. I, and I we'll thought... review Faith No More. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I thought about this. I would love, I would love to talk to Tony Martin, and and I don't mean these things as a slant. It's just he sounds, and he can't help the way his voice sounds. To me, he sounds too much like Dio. I don't hear. I mean, I hear similarities here and there, but a really, lot of, a lot really, of, yeah, really. A Go lot back. of people say that I sound like Steve Souza. A lot of people say Matt Bartle sounds like Paul Stanley. I don't hear it. I'm sorry. I just don't hear it. Go back, go back and listen to fucking Kill the Spirit World. Okay, no, that. I'm sure in spots he does, but Dio had more of a presence. No, well, yeah, no, I'm not voice. I'm talking about, I'm, his, his Dio's voice was a bit more, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I prefer Dio's voice, but it, it wasn't as clean, and it was very clean. Tony Martin had more of a clean voice. It was more sterile. I guess that sounds bad. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I think Tony Martin was like the first, uh, you know, Ripper Owens. 
And, you know, it just got hired because you sounded like the last guy kind of thing. And, and again, I, Ripper it, Owens sounds like Hoffer when he hits high notes, but other than that, no, he doesn't sound like Hoffer. I And I love Ripper. I saw Priest twice with Ripper, and both of them were amazing fucking shows. Amazing I shows. I did too, and I saw Ripper once with uh, Ingbe Momsi, and that was awesome. And, and, he did and, I Am a Viking. And, and I'll tell you what, you want to hear a good live album? Get Live Meltdown by Judas yeah, Priest. Yeah, I, I have that. I love uh, Diamonds and Rust on that. Oh, the whole album is great. Yeah, yeah. The Diamonds and Rust. But it, you suffer from sounding like the last guy, you know? Um... So anyway, I love Black Sabbath, but I kind of get it like, you know, for the longest time, like, I just stuck up for it because I'm such a, I owe me nuts swinger, you know, and my best friend was like, he had a real hard time. If it wasn't Ozzy singing, to him it wasn't Sabbath. Even though he liked the Dio albums, he refused to consider it Sabbath. So do I. You know, he, he, he didn't like Born Again or anything else, and he really, really hated the Tony Martin albums. But I was I was such a blind fucking Iomi fan uh, that I was like, no, no, you got to check this out. But in hindsight, going back and listening to it, even the Iomi rips aren't that great. I mean, it, it is not the Iomi of past. And I believe at this point, like after, after Born Again, yeah, you know, you got to give it to Ozzy because he was doing a million times better albums than Black Sabbath was. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I should say, Bob Daisley was doing ten times better albums than Black Sabbath was. Uh, you know, it, it's sad, but uh, it is what it is. I know this album has a lot of fans, particularly in Europe. Uh, man... It, Europe in general loves the Tony Martin era uh, a lot more than in America. But uh, it is, you know, with the keyboards and everything, you know, there, there's metal that everybody loves, and then there's shit that's kind of like goes by countries. Like, cock rock is very American. But power metal is very European. And I think this, you know, this shit lends itself much more to uh, power metal. Uh, you know, and, and that's probably why European audiences, you know, appreciate it more and embrace it more. Uh, but over the years, this just does not stand up, especially when I listen to like older Sabbath albums. It's like it just—it's not the same caliber at all. It's not even in the same ballpark. It's not even the same parking lot at that ballpark. Uh, does not deserve to be called Black Sabbath, in my opinion. Very, very, very third-rate fucking metal, yeah, you know. I, I, and to, and to, Tony Iommi is my second favorite guitar player of all time, but I find it I find it very uninspiring. Way too much keyboard, uh, and ugh. but uh, as as far as Tony Martin albums go, I would say this is the second best. Uh, I would say every Tony Martin album got progressively worse. I would, I, would, I would rate them Eternal Idol, Headless Cross, or no, 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 no I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Tear was fucking horrible. I, I, I would almost, uh, I would take Cross Purposes over Tear, and then between Tear and fucking Forbidden, who gives a fuck? Because it's, it's, it's all fucking shitty. But, uh, 
you know, I think Cross Purposes is a great example of how even Geezer Butler couldn't say fucking Sabbath. Because, I mean, you had you had Geezer, you had Tony, Tony Martin and Bobby Rond- Rondinelli. And you still couldn't make a fucking decent fucking album. So I like Tear more than Heather's Cross. Really? Tear would be my second favorite of the Tony Martin stuff. Really? Yeah, I would say... Uh, when did you first learn that you were a homosexual? I, I, I'm in denial. Okay. I still find guys unattractive. It baffles me. <laughs> you look at the thumb one. <laughs> I have a list, too. Have you noticed? It's weird. <laughs> some anyway. people like steak, some people like cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a bonus track. Did you know this? Uh, I, I, I do know of Cloak and Dagger, but I still don't believe I've ever heard it. Okay, Cloak and Dagger is... What do you think of it? It doesn't fit on the album. It's, it, it's not as bad as Call of the Wild, but it's in the same realm. I feel like it doesn't fit on the album, like Call of the Wild doesn't either. It's more it's it's more of a bluesy type song. It's not horrible, but it's like whatever. So that's that. That's my review on that. Uh, as far as like, uh, let me let me rank. You just ranked the Tony Martin albums. I'll rank mine. Mine I would put on top Eternal Idols. Number two I would say would be Tear. Number three Headless Cross. Number four Cross Purposes, which I love. And number five Forbidden, which I do not like that much, but it does have. It's moments. I think Death Kiss. I don't know. I gotta revisit that album. But there was like two, three songs on there that I really liked. But um, you know, I, I actually like the song "Get a Grip." Uh, yeah. I, I think they I, made a video for that one. Oh, oh yeah, a horrible cartoon video. I like it, but as a Black Sabbath song, it's horrible. But as a song in general, don't I gotta it. revisit. You know that that album, I never really go back to. <clears throat> but uh. But I, you know, I dig the. I, I am a Tony Martin fan. I like Tony Martin. I like the Tony Martin era. Of yeah, Black you're South. opinionated. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I really dig the Tony Martin stuff. And I hate, you know, people that sell kiss stuff. I think those people are, are crooks, and they should be arrested, thrown in jail, and thrown away, throw away the key. I'm all ah. for. Yeah, right. Yeah. Calm down, Curly. Ah, I can make you anything with a Kiss logo. <laughs> Fucking thief. Good. Oh. Call me opinionated. <laughs> you fucking crook. You steal from Jews. Uh, oh, oh, God, dude, that's like a double hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you anti-Semite. <laughs> what? What's the next thing you're going to do? Sell some Kiss merch and then buy some some fucking gas and, and go fucking burn down a synagogue, you bastard. <laughs> Here's Palestine. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's the end of our Headless Cross review. Wow, that, that, that is one long interview for, for a fucking shitty album. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it is a long review. All right, uh... Well, let's see here. This was released uh, April 24th, 1989. It is the first album with IRS Records, uh, produced by Tony Iommi and Cozy Powell. Uh, the production, holy, holy moly. But uh, here's the thing. When people don't have a producer, uh, there's three reasons. 
One, producers cost money. Two, you have an ego. Three, producers cost money. Um, you know, and, and that's what it is. A lot of bands suffer when they try to produce it themselves because there's no outside voice, and I think that happened here. But uh, you know what? You know who gets paid first on records, people? True story. Producers. Producers get paid no matter what. So when you see something self-produced, you're fucking either cheap or you're scared. Or you're cheap and scared. Uh, but they, they did a tour for this. Uh, it didn't do too good in the States because there wasn't that good a promotion. I mean, they were on IRS after, you know, years with Warner Brothers. They were a smaller label. Uh, by, uh, started by Miles Copeland, brother of Stuart Copeland from The Police. Uh, and he wanted a heavy metal band on his label. That's why he came after uh, Black Sabbath. He's like, you guys are the heavy metal band. And he was excited to have them. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out that great. Uh, there is some video footage from... Uh, they did an extensive tour in uh, the Soviet Union. And there's a lot of bootlegs from that. And some of them are, are some pretty decent shows. I have a couple bootlegs from that. They're not bad. Uh, you know, but, it, it, you know, it, it's Tony Martin singing. You know, and and man, I, I don't hate Tony Martin. He's just he's not he ain't Ozzy, dude. He ain't Dio. He's not Ian Gillen. He's not Glenn Hughes. Uh, you know, and that's not his fault. But I'm opinionated. Uh, that's about all I got on. Uh, what was on, that? Headless Cross. Actually, I What's did that? I did something for the first time. I'm sorry, I walked away from the computer for a second. Because yeah. uh, I wanted to be ready for pick of the week for a first change. So I went to go grab All a right, CD. Well you, go, you go you go into pick of the week. I'm going to go piss. All right. All right. No, no, I'm going to wait for you. I'll wait. You know, I mean, I'll talk about um, uh, Black Sabbath while he's taking a piss. Because during pick of the week, I want him to hear what I, you know, my pick of the week. And let's hear his reaction. If he even knows this band. But... Uh, I did see Tony Martin once, a cross-purposes tour with Motorhead and uh, Morbid Angel. And here's a funny thing, a uh, weird connection. Um, after that show, I ran to a club called Rosebuds to check out Jakey Lee, who was, uh, this was right after Badlands disbanded, and he had that singer of World War III. Um, so I ran over there to watch that. And fast forward to this year, uh, a couple, like a month or so ago, I saw Queensryche and ran to see Jakey Lee at a club late at night. So I did it two times in a row. I didn't do my Pick of the Week. Ian's back now. I didn't do my Pick of the Week, Ian, because I, I, I was wondering if you knew this band. I want to hear your input. Okay, go ahead. You ever heard of these guys? I'm showing them the CD now. Mindfunk. You yeah, know I know Mindfunk. You know yeah. That. All right. This yes, is my, my pick of the week is the first album from Mindfunk. It's a self-titled album. It features a couple members that were in MOD. Uh, That's an, true. Another, John, Mon John Monty. John Monty and uh, Louis. I forgot yeah. his last name. I think Louis was in ministry, too. I yes, he was. He was. He was, yes, he right? was. Uh, so was John Monty. Louis Stivic. And uh, John Molly, I mean, they were both in ministry. Oh, there you go. So uh, this is a great, great album. 
Uh, I love this album. I actually like. I had it. I'm. You know. I always drive around with my iPod on shuffle, and this song came on from this album. God, what was the name of the song? Let me look at it again. Uh, Sister Blue. Oh my lord, that's one of the greatest, like, kind of ballady, acoustic-y song ever. You gotta hear this song, and <clears throat> they made a video for it, so if you want to check it out, and if you want to hear like how they are when they're blasting. Check out, they made another video for a song called Big House Burning. I'm sure they're both on YouTube. Check them out. Sugar Ain't So Sweet's another great song on here. Ride and Drive. Uh, Blood Turns Red. This is a great, great debut album that didn't do well. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there that I, I've found people online they, rave about Mind they, they did a follow-up album called Drop because they got dropped by the record label after this album. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I own that one too. It has a really cool song called Goddess on that one. Um, but this one I like way more. I love uh, Mind Funk. That's my pick of the week. The self titled Mind Funk album on Epic Records. What's, awesome. your, what's your pick? Uh, my pick is, uh, oh my God. I love this fucking album. I, th- I think one of the greatest albums of all time. Is Danzig 2 Lucifuge. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite Danzig album. Oh, my God. Uh, I will never forget uh, the summer of 1990. I just turned 16. Uh, and every day that summer, between being a sophomore and a junior, I listened to both Black Sabbath Volume 4 and Danzig 2 Lucifuge every day that summer. Um, Amazing, amazing fucking album. <clears throat> the original Danzig band does not get enough credit. Uh, you know, of course, Glenn Danzig, the amazing John Christ on guitar, Erie Vaughn on bass, and the absolutely fucking amazing Chuck Biscuits on fucking drum, on drums. Uh, an incredible fucking album. So heavy. Uh, so Sabbath. Um, but at the same time, so sincere, not derivative, just an honest, bluesy, metal fucking album. It, it, every song is fucking killer. If you do not like this album, you got fucking problems. Or, you know, you, you're just, you're scared of midgets. I don't know. Uh, this is an awesome, awesome fucking album. Danzig 2, Lucifuge, and the debut on by Mindfunk. Hey, Get on that fucking Amazon link, motherfuckers, and order that shit. It don't cost a lot of money. Well, I'm sure that mind funk's very cheap. Yeah, yeah, and dancing too. I mean, what do CDs cost these days, people? Fuck it, you know, you know, buy one for your fucking aunt while you're at it too, because you know she listens to fucking shit. Turn on some good music and use our fucking Amazon link, you know, to get it. That's what I think. You know? I'm with you there. All right, well, let's go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week is an old hometown friend of mine, Eric Cinnamon. Eric Cinnamon, man, he's he's been on the Facebook page now for about a month. He posts a lot. You know, he keeps up, always leaving comments. And uh, a hometown boy from Illinois. I fucking love it. Uh, man, the, the Facebook page is so amazing. We have so much fun on here. Uh and Jesus Christ, just for the pictures alone. I usually, Monday through Friday, I put three pictures up. 
and they're usually like old ads for for metal albums and stuff. We've probably got like over a thousand pictures now. It'd be, it'd be you know, all you got to do is, is send a request, man. We let anybody in, but you have to sign up because I like to keep track of that shit. But just click on the photos. The shit you will see, I mean, albums from the 70s and 80s and all kinds of shit. Just all kinds of cool shit. You know, and there's discussion and debate and all this fucking shit. There's little fucking clicks and all that kind of shit. But come on there, dude. Come on the Facebook page. It's amazing. You know, and and, and I, tried, yeah, I tried to talk to everybody. Every once in a while, even Ralph makes a fucking appearance. You know? <laughs> Every once in a while. You know? Uh, but you know, you know, and and we put out, you know, for our fiftieth anniversary uh, episode, you know, we put a little poll on there. Hey, what do you want? You know, and we let the fans pick shit. So definitely come on the Facebook page. Ah, definitely check us out on iTunes. Oh man, iTunes numbers have been through the roof. But what we really need is some iTunes reviews, please, if you can. Take a little bit of time out. Leave us a review. Helps the show tremendously. Uh, if you're not an Apple fucking person, you know, if, if you're an Android person, check out Podcast Addict. It's another great way to check out the show. Just type in Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hit subscribe. You get every fucking episode on your Android, you know, your phone or your tablet or whatever, and you can get everything. Uh, check out, we have a YouTube page, which is amazing and is back in action, where Dr. Fuck does, uh, you know, it's the episode you hear, but in the background, it's amazing visuals, great pictures and videos from that era. It's a great way to check it out. That's Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, all one word, on YouTube. Definitely check it out. And an amazing way to check us out is ThatMetalStation.com. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. We are so proud to be part of ThatMetalStation.com, where you can hear us Sundays at 11, uh, 11 a.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. You can hear the whole show commercial-free. And after that, stay tuned, because they have amazing DJs that play a wide variety of metal. Uh, you know, it's not fucking FM metal. You're not going to hear goddamn fucking you know, God smack and fucking five finger death punch. But you know, one minute you can hear Dio, and the next minute you're gonna hear Amon Amart. I don't know. You know, there's all kinds of different fucking shit. But you know, stay tuned because it's great shit. Turn off your phone, Ralph. Yeah. I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna tell you one more time. <laughs> but uh, check out that metalstation.com. It is a fucking amazing. Uh, really? Dude, I turned it off. I'm still doing it. I swear it's off. Look. <laughs> this is evil. Alright, I'm sorry. Alright. Alright, um, right, what else we got here? Uh, <laughs> Alright, I took shit. the battery out. <laughs> <laughs> That's that metal. That That's worked. metal. That's metal. <laughs> Alright, uh, so anyway, Facebook page. Please join us and talk to us. Uh, I try to keep in contact with everybody. And uh, keep everybody part of the show, because we appreciate you listening every week. Uh, do we have any time left for music this week, or did we go on too long? And this is a Metallica song, which is the first song I ever heard. And, you know, on our DJ thing, we should talk a little bit. Not bo- You know, we, I got to give you my how I discovered Metallica, and it was a crazy story. My uh, 
my friend bought the first Metal Massacre album. And he told me, he called me up. I remember he called me up. He goes, you got to come to my house. I found the heaviest band ever. And I was like, heavier than Motorhead? And he's like, yes. I was like, holy shit. I'm on my way. So I run to his house, drops the needle on it, and it's hit the lights. And the hits the lights starts, at least back then. I know there's a lot of songs since then that's been like that. But this starts off like how a song ends. Like, bah! And then that riff came in and that 100 million miles an hour riffage going on. And I'm like, what, man? It just blew my fucking mind. I was like, and this is before uh, Ride the Lion, I mean, Kill Em All. I mean, I remember vividly after I heard this song and I made him put it on cassette. He had a tape deck. I remember vividly getting a Kerrang! magazine and Kerrang! had a picture, a full page picture of Metallica live with Dave Mustaine when Dave Mustaine was still in the fucking band, okay? And I would tell everybody about Metallica just based on one goddamn song. Then I, then I did end up getting a No Life to Leather on a real generational uh, cassette from a friend of a friend. And then... There was a day where uh, we were out, uh, we were we rented out a beach house while other people did. And they were having a party. And we were all there, getting drunk, high, fucked up. And this guy said, comes up to me and he goes, "You ever heard of Metallica?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" It was like me and him became like metal brothers, like at that very moment, because nobody knew who Metallica was. That was like the biggest kept secret ever, you know. And he goes, "I got their album downstairs." I go, "What? No Life to Leather?" And he goes, "No, Kill 'Em All." I was like, what? What's that? Dude, I never heard of that. Let's go downstairs. So we sat downstairs and listened to that on cassette in his car because he tried to play it upstairs and everybody was like, ew, turn that off. That's just noise. I was like, let's go to your car, dude. And he put it on and, man, hit the lights. I was like, whoa. And I'm looking at the cassette. And I'm, I remember Dave Mustaine, man. I go, wow, this, this is a different guitar player. I didn't really notice the Ron McGovney part. I just, I just saw the Dave Mustaine was gone. Well, anyway... That's enough of my backstory for this song. This is the very first thrash song, in my opinion, ever. From the Metal Massacre 1. This is Metallica with Hit the Lights.
That was Metallica with Hit the Lights. Opening line of that song, No Life to Leather. So cool. They were, uh, man, to me, that Metallica, I love Master and all that shit. You know, all the 80 stuff, but fuck, kill them all to me. Reign Supreme, because that's when they were really fucking hungry as fuck. I love that fucking album. Though, I do believe, I could be wrong, but somebody correct me out there. Is that Dave Mustaine? Because some people told me that's actually Lloyd Grant on that track. But who knows? To me, it sounds like Mustaine. Anyway, so now we're going to throw it over to Ian. Uh, what do you got for us? All right. I got something completely 180 different. Uh, going back to the godfather of shock rock in 1973. This is Alice Cooper off a of Billion Dollar Babies. This is Generation Landslide.
That was the Coop, the original Alice Cooper band. That you, it's hard to beat. To me, that's the peak of Alice Cooper. Though I love all, all his what I consider solo albums because everything from what was it? What was the last one? Was it School Mus- Out? Mu- Muscle, Muscle of Love. Love. Muscle of Love Down. A very underrated album. Yeah, Muscle of Love was awesome. The title track, dude. Oh, incredible. Yeah, that, that, I just the Alice Cooper band was just so phenomenal. You know, like, dude, you know what song I fucking worship is uh, Desperado. If you, you know the cover of, uh, of Killer, the way it's written on there. I remember as a little kid seeing my, my dad was a huge Coop fan. And I remember seeing the record, and I it was so poorly written. I thought my dad just wrote Alice Cooper Killer on the cover of his record. I was like, oh, he so he didn't forget what it was or something. <laughs> was that on vinyl? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I yeah. have it. I don't know if you have the same version I have, that it brings a calendar. Yeah. 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 That's a cool one. Because I, I remember I had another version that was just a regular album with no ifs. Yeah. You know. And he, he, he said, uh, now my, my dad's... Vinyl didn't have that, but when I first bought it on CD, it had that. But he said when you bought the record, it came with the big poster. He said, of course, he put it up in his apartment, and it never survived. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Alice Cooper hanging. It's him hanging. Now, the, the one thing I do have, uh, I have Muscle of Love on vinyl uh, that comes in the box. It came in a cardboard box, and I have that. Me too. I have it, it in the box as well. And I recently bought it, actually. Yeah, Not even a year uh, ago. And my my buddy's got a copy of Schools Out that uh you know the, the old one that folds out to a yeah. desk and it yeah. has the record wrapped in paper panties and yes. stuff. That I um, don't have. I do have billion dollar babies with the dollar bill. Nice. And man, uh, the th- the things you can do with vinyl that you just can't do with any other format, you know. Yeah, the packaging was awesome back then, and yeah, Alice Cooper. Those those early albums did bring some surprises. I love it. I highly recommend people go out there and look at uh, the new documentary. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Super Duper Alice Cooper. Really cool, well made, and if you want to see a killer show, so good to see you. Get that uh, one. I've, I've got both of those. Uh, I got to tell you the truth. I was actually disappointed in Super Duper Alice Cooper. Really? Well, I, I will tell you what did disappoint me on it. How he they glossed over a lot of the eras. Yeah, and and, and that's what it is. But I mean, that's it's it's because I'm such a hardcore fan that. Uh, while it was very well done, a lot of it I already knew. Um, there was some stuff I didn't know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's a good overview if you don't know Cooper, but if you do, man, I would have loved a little bit more into the recording of the albums and and shit like that, because, you know, I'm the same with you. To me, I'm all about the Alice Cooper band. Yeah. You know, you know, uh. But then there's, you know what, and then I, I really love his weird period. Oh, they call it the blackout period. Oh yeah, stuff like uh, Dada, da, and, especially Dada. Uh, Zipper catches skin and special forces. Special forces, yeah. Flush the fashion. Flush the fashion. You know, I, I love. I love from the inside, and that's a weird fucking album. From too. the inside is amazing. It's like uh, Alice Cooper singing uh, Elton John songs. Right. <laughs> well, it's uh, lyrics were co-wrote with uh, Bernie uh, Toppin. Ber- Bernie Toppin. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Foster produced the record who did like a lot of like Chicago and shit like that, you know, so everything was weird about that fucking album. I but, love, uh, I love one was, time I saw Alice Cooper and he threw out Nurse Rosetta. I was like, oh, uh, that's awesome. He, he, he remembered the album. <laughs> my, my buddy, uh, I used to play that album for him and 
one night I went home with this chick I met at the bar who was a nurse, and I had no idea what her name was. <laughs> so he'd always sing Nurse Whatever. Nurse Whatever. <laughs> sing it to Nurse Rosetta. That's the end of our show. What do we got All next right. week, Ian? Well, if you love this show, and I know you did, come back next week when our special guest is John Benet Ramsey. Who's that? Hell yeah. Oh, that's the guy that, that had that daughter that got killed, right? No, that's a girl who you thought got killed. Stop listening to Fox News. She's still alive. Oh, okay. Sorry. And she's going to be here next week when we talk about the debut album from Crazy Town. Oh, no. I'm that's not. Next Fuck week. that band. No, no, I'm not here. I'm going to kill her if she fucking reviews that crap. Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. No, she's probably old enough to fuck now, right? Sure.